Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Hanging out with us today on the show is a man who truly embodies the archetype of the creator. He is an Amazon best-selling author for his book, The Story Engine, a world-class coach seeking to help impact-driven coaches use storytelling to craft profitable presentations and funnels, a traveler of the wide, wide world, and last but definitely not least, the host of The Story Engine podcast. Please help me in giving a very warm welcome to my man, Kyle Gray. What is up, Kyle? Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. And that was such a beautiful introduction, and I just feel, yeah, yeah, I've just got a big smile on my face. I'm excited to uh, to dive deep with you today in conversation. Yeah, thank you, brother. And, you know, from one podcaster to a next, you know, I, I see you, you know, and, and it's, it's always fun uh, interviewing other podcasters because, um, I feel like we just have this connection, you know, that, uh, that other people just don't understand, you know, cause podcasting, it's like a, you know, it's like a community, you know, in a, in a big way. And, um, so yeah, man, you know, uh, getting that compliment from you means the world because I know that, you know, how, I mean, you know, your podcast is amazing. Um, I've got to listen to quite a few episodes of it and it's just, you know, really, I mean, even when I started in and lifted, um, you know, just seeing the mic you had and how amazing your sound was, I was like, "Oh, this guy gets it," <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then hearing your one-on-one where you played guitar and everything, I was like, "Dude, this guy's really got it." And then meeting you in 3D, I was like, "Oh, yeah, he's got it." So you've got it all the way around, my man. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so Kyle, my man, uh, you know, it's so awesome again to have you on the show. Um, your backstory, like I was just saying, is one that has inspired me already just from, you know, what I learned of it in Lifted and then meeting you in 3D. Um, but I would love it if you could give the listeners your full backstory of how you got to where you are today and the journey that has accompanied it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if I can if I can go through that uh, <laughs> quickly and like a yeah, in like a very high end view. Yeah. Um, I'll start around university. Like I can remember going to university. Um, I remember my freshman year, like writing a paper, um, and I can't remember what the topic was, but somehow I decided that the topic that I was going to write about was the despair that I felt, mm. not knowing what I was going to do with my life. Mm. Um, and uh, like I was like jealous of all these people who were like lawyers or like pre-law or whatever anyway all these things yeah and i had no idea what i was going to do the only thing i knew was i wanted to travel and um through my undergraduate career uh i got to do uh, various like uh study abroad and internships and exchanges um and, and got to spend about two years in south america um working for a nonprofit in Peru. Uh, I worked for an airline in Brazil where I was walking around uh, in the streets in different cities of Brazil where I would hire uh, women as uh, to dress up in flight attendant uniforms and walk around the streets and hand out discounts. With me. <laughs> and uh, was having all these, these really fun and uh, incredible adventures 
down in South America and, and, you know, calling upon really a lot of creativity, a lot of problem solving, a lot of putting myself in a totally different environment, like, um, and learning how to navigate it, speaking the language. Um, and I always, I was, I would always pride myself on like figuring out, um, I didn't want to look like a local, but I did, I didn't, I, if, if people couldn't tell where I was from, then I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I traveled a lot and started hearing about people who were building businesses from their laptops and traveling the world. And I had no idea how to do that. Uh, or like I knew how to speak Spanish and I was all right at Portuguese after, after Brazil, but, uh, but I didn't consider myself a really a business person. Um, and uh, yeah, over the course of uh, a few years, um, a few jobs, and uh, a little bit more time at university, uh, I found myself um, using my, uh, or I had, I had found a way to uh, creatively travel abroad again. Uh, this time I was working for a, uh, a startup called WP Curve. And the founder lived in Australia, and it was a location-independent remote job. Um, this was in 2014, so remote jobs were, were were still a little bit new and very different, very different than anything I'd ever done. Yeah. Um, and I got to choose to live in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Mm. And um, the guy who uh, hired me, his name was Dan Norris, who. Uh, as soon, right when he had hired me, right when I was being onboarded, he had just like become a famous author that month. Mm. Uh, had a really successful book and a really growing personal brand, and uh, he just kind of handed off all of the startup to me, or at least the the marketing, um, the writing, writing good content for startup founders and things like that. And so I found myself in Southeast Asia in a lovely city. Chiang Mai is one of the easiest places to live in the world, like probably like $2,000 a month. And you can, you can live extremely comfortably, um, in Chiang Mai, Thailand, but, uh, but still like learning in a new place, learning how to work remote, learning about this company and then learning how to write for, uh, business owners as, as pretty much a kind of a, a newbie to this world uh, was was a wild uh, challenge and experience. Um, and uh, yeah, I worked for them for about a year and got really good at just uh, creating uh, great articles that were really clear and the teaching were really shareable, were really, um, you know, creating like a, a resonance with people. And uh, I worked for the startup for about a year and then had slowly started building my skills in marketing and in other places um, <clears throat> or in uh, content marketing, writing articles, um, and then kind of learn, or learning other skills through that skill. So I would uh, work for a company that taught people how to give speeches or a company that taught people how to write books. And by understanding their process and what they were doing, I learned how to write a book. And uh, um, I, I ended up writing one uh, that was called the, my first one was called The College Entrepreneur. Mm. 
which was just about how to uh, use your university's resources and like your time at university to build a business um, or to have, have something that's more than just a degree when you graduate. And, uh, and yeah, it just like, it changed things for me. It, it opened up a new world once you just like, um, I, I had learned their process um, implemented it myself and it was great I had like I don't know there was, there was this really cool thing where I was getting paid to learn new things and I was getting paid to learn how to help people with speeches and with storytelling and I uh, had just like elevated my skills from writing articles to writing sales pages and sales emails to now um, working with some of the the very best and the very smartest uh, people in various different industries, some in uh, some in naturopathic health, some uh, in the coaching space, and others in entrepreneurship, really communicate their thoughts and their ideas with storytelling. That's awesome, man! It's so cool too. Like that whole story. <clears throat> it's you know, I'm sure a big part of it was just following your instincts, right, and following your gut. And uh, that's something that I know I have tuned into at different points in my life. And then I've also had other points that I was too cerebrally dominant. <laughs> and uh, it's funny looking back at how those periods in my life manifested different things. Um, and now, like just after our trip in Colorado, really looking at those times in which I was able to tune into my intuition and my heart and those times being the times that I really moved forward in a way that allowed me to, you know, discover more of myself. Um, and on the talk of, topic of discovering ourselves, um, you know, one of the cool things that you were talking about is storytelling, right? And, you know, I know we went over a little bit of how, like, your process went, right, of getting into storytelling. But, you know, I'm curious, you know, um, you know, writing books and being, dr like, drawn to that area of life. Um, you know, I was wondering, what originally got you into the realm of storytelling? You know, did you always enjoy the art of storytelling, like, from, you know, the age you were a child? Or did that love progress over time? Yeah. 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 Uh before before I I answer that, mm. I mean that's a phenomenal question. <laughs> uh, just a reflection on what what you you had said back there about like tuning into your intuition. Yeah. And one thing that I've discovered about my life is um, uh, we'll we'll call it uh, my magic. Mm. But uh, there's like it, and it is part of my intuition. But there's times when it's like when I know what I want and like it could be an impossible thing um, <clears throat> and just like locking in and knowing it and going for it and making uh, making very cool things happen uh, like manifesting a path um, and uh yeah, it's uh, it's cool to uh, to see that and to know, remember what it feels like, and to uh, tune into those things more, those best parts of us. Mm, um, I love that. And speaking of which, so we'll talk about storytelling. <laughs> when when did I learn about storytelling? Yeah, I would credit uh, a lot of 
the beginning of my writing and storytelling to being a musician. I, uh, <clears throat> I played guitar uh, throughout uh, middle school and high school. And I was in a band in my early college years. Um, we were a, we were a rock band playing the local Utah scene. We weren't that good, but we thought we were amazing. We thought we were so cool, <laughs> and just like acted like you know crazy rock stars. Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, we would do so many little little strange antics like uh, um, make up a whole new set of songs overnight and pretend to be a country band when they were <laughs> expecting like a rock band um, and our songs would just suck and we, we would just think we were amazing that's hilarious um, and, and yeah we would just be delighted in people's confusion you know? um, they're like wait what weren't you a rock band yesterday you're like yesterday yeah. but today's a new day <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there were there were times when uh, I was I was just playing uh, for a long time. I would just write my own music, um, and uh, yeah, I I really want to like I have this very individualistic like op idea of like I'm gonna come up with the next great chord progression and melody that's better than you know the one that every pop song ever uses. <laughs> And I'm going to write lyrics that really change people and impact people's lives. And I had these big uh, aspirations for it. And I remember putting a lot of pressure on myself uh, for it, kind of near the near the end of when I was was really deep, most deeply identified as a musician. Um, and and <clears throat> but. Uh, what what I realized actually when I started writing for that startup, and even more so when I started, uh, or was was that same like creative juice that I was tapping into when I was writing a good song, when I was experiencing a good song, when I was thinking of lyrics and like creating an emotional experience with lyrics was the same kind of thing that was writing a good headline that was. Mm -hmm writing a uh, a page that would get people to interested in purchasing a product hmm. i love that man you know and <clears throat> to go back to the intuition thing as well because i feel like that you know uh cannot be stated enough negation acknowledged um you know being able to tune into our hearts and you know i i agree with you man you know like really trying to for myself figure out what isn't that allows me to tune into my heart right like like what is the process right and that's what i've been, for a long time my cerebrally dominant self uh tried you know became obsessed with like okay what is the process i can do each day that will allow me to tune into my heart and hear what my heart wants because as you were saying like when i'm in the flow right when i'm tuned into my heart things just pour out like my creativity i'm a musician too and uh play guitar i know we talked about that a little bit in colorado but um like my guitar playing is on point um you know nowadays like the podcast just flow um you know my coaching is like world class when i'm in my heart and so you know i've really been tuning into like what is it right and one thing i've realized just in the last couple of weeks since colorado was that 
I don't need to figure out the process. You know, I just need to know when the know what the feeling feels like and be aware of what things I'm doing throughout my day. Give me more of that feeling and what things give me less. And each day will be different, you know, or each day can be different. Um, some days, you know, are similar, but, um, you know, like for instance, like my new thing is didgeridoo, right? Like I bought a didgeridoo and I'm just trying to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I suck at it right now. Um, but that's part of the fun, you know, is like, um, you know, I've been playing guitar so long and I'm sure you, you can feel this way too. Like, you know, there's not too many new things I learn these days that are like, like, you know, revelation, uh, worthy. Um, but didgeridoo, it's like anything I get that sounds halfway, like anything a didgeridoo is supposed to sound like I'm like on top of the world, you know? Uh, and so a lot of it has just been, you know, figuring out what makes me feel like that, uh, what allows me to feel like that, you know? And one of the things I've noticed, uh, mostly is language, right? My choice of language directly impacts my ability to be in my brain or in my heart, right? Or in neither and just, you know, an an anxious, stressed mess. And so I'm curious, you know, as a storyteller yourself, right? How has learning the ins and outs of how language creates our reality aided in your work as a coach and writer? Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. I'll I'll one thing I'll do is I'll just share the power of a story. Yeah, that will that will just get a little glimpse, and you'll get a little flavor of emotion. Mm. Um, and this is the magic that I like. I I think to this moment when I'm like, what's what's the finest um, <laughs> in me? And uh, <clears throat> so. This is I am I am in my university years, and I had just returned from uh, living in Argentina for half a year, and I really uh, had heard about an, an internship in Brazil where I would work for an airline, and I was very very excited. I wanted to go and do it, and so I walk into this internship office. I don't know uh, anybody in there. I go to the international internship coordinator. Um, and uh, I say hey I want to I want to go to Brazil and she says okay um, you know there's a few steps one do you uh, speak Portuguese and I say no but I will by the time I get there (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's the the like the magic right there mm. was that attitude yeah um and just being able to like uh and and i followed through with it though mm. um i i picked it up and i made it happen and i uh yeah studied i did some self-study i did some practice but uh but anyway it was like that attitude and that magic and that little story kind of like helps you picture just a thought or Mm. or an idea um but uh um back to the the bigger question Mm. which is uh like how does language you know impact like language yeah like oh yeah 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 yeah, it makes sense so i've just i've always been thinking like i've been thinking about this in just a different perspective Mm-hmm. Where a lot like uh, most of the people in the communities that we've been in 
are like thinking like how can i persuade somebody from you know like changing their behavior to change a behavior or to you know become more successful mm -hmm. in their behavior and you know there's just certain you know just being uh, attentive to the language that you use and they use around you you realize it invokes certain emotions mm. and i've just known that if i'm attentive to the language that i use i can invoke certain emotions in people mm. and yeah. there's a system for that so it's the same uh it's it's a similar uh like system just with a different goal if that makes sense or at least like that's that's how i see it now or i see parallels between them from yeah. some convincing somebody to yeah to do whatever whatever uh you know each person coaches and specializes on and overcoming their shadow and these kind of things mm -hmm. is is a very similar thing to get people open to um open to change open to investing in a new product open to working with somebody open to uh yeah open to uh yeah taking one one sort of risk or another from signing up for an email to spending twenty thousand dollars yeah you know and i want to take you back to your story there too because i love that you know and i feel like the listeners could really benefit from that because I guarantee everyone listening right now has something that they want to do, right? Like a dream. And, you know, I want to bring attention to the fact that, you know, your heart is what really makes you want that dream, right? You don't need to know why. You just feel it, right? You feel like you want to do that. And your brain's going to come in and try to tell you all the reasons why eh, it's not rational. It's not logical. You know, maybe this job is better because it pays more. It's closer to your house. Maybe this is better. Maybe you shouldn't spend that $20,000 because, you know, you know, it's COVID right now and it's, you know, it's, it's scary out there right now. And, you know, again, the mind is there to try to protect you. But in a lot of ways, it diminishes our role as the creator of our lives, right? And so what I really felt when you, when you said that story and when you told that story was I felt you stepping into the creator and saying, listen, I, I don't care how I have to do it. I'll figure it out, you know, but it's happening. You know, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Brazil and by the time I get there, I will know Portuguese. And that's powerful. You know, it's very powerful. And, you know, that's how you that that's how you conquer things. You know, that's how you achieve things is you tell yourself, come hell or high water. You know, I understand I can do anything and I'm going to put that understanding and attention towards, you know, this event or this thing I'm trying to learn. And so I just had to bring attention to that man because uh, it, it was really beautiful. And, you know, I know that me speaking for myself, um, there's been many times in which in my previous years um i've fallen victim to the mind trying to protect me but just you know like totally falling into it like oh yeah yeah you know and then years later like finally listening to my heart and doing the thing and you know being successful at it or not but still being excited about trying it right and um one of the coolest things I remember about Virginia, right? And I know you weren't at Virginia Mark's house, but, um, you know, you know all the guys that were there. It was Ben was talking to Ben Joy Walker, who I think was two episodes back or no, 
yeah, two episodes back for everyone listening. Um, he was talking to, I think it was Jared, right? And uh, Jared was saying something about going somewhere, right? And Ben was like, oh, I really want to go there. And just like it was really interesting just seeing how people that are really just, you know, cemented into their creator role guide through life. It was like, hey, I'm going to this place. And then Ben was like, oh, I really want to go there. And Jared was like, yeah, we'll just figure it out. And Ben was like, yeah, I'll figure it out. And it was just like, boom, they want to do it. They'll make it happen. You know, they'll move things around as needed. And um, to bring it back to something we talked about in the beginning, that's why, you know, speaking for myself, that's why I love being able to work from a laptop. And I can assume that's why you love being able to work from a laptop too, because when you are your own boss, you can figure anything out, you know, and it's definitely not the easy route, you know, but uh, like I say to everyone, I'd rather work 16 hour days for myself than eight for someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't even really want to work eight hour days for me anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Preach, dude. And that's what I'm working towards, you know? <laughs> Automation is the key, you know, because like, I don't think I've said this analogy on uh, this show yet, but I might have said it in Colorado. So forgive me if you've heard this, but um, the way I think about money, right? Like everyone's so obsessed over money, right? And for me, money is just energy, right? So, so money is just a transfer of energy from one person to another. And so the analogy I always use for people to understand what money is and what role it plays is like, so imagine when you're a kid, right? And it's a beautiful summer day. You know, all your friends are out playing, you know, they've already finished dinner and you're inside and it's just one of those days where you just don't want to eat your vegetables, right? I don't get it now because I love vegetables. But when I was a kid, I would do this all the time to my parents. I'd be like, I don't want to eat those vegetables, you know, so they'd be sitting there and your parents are like, well, you know, if you want to go outside and play with all your friends, you got to eat your vegetables, right? And money is the vegetables, you know, like once you figure out the vegetables and the money, the rest of life is play because Money is necessary to live, but it's a system, right? And so you can decouple these systems and you can figure them out in ways that don't have to trade time for them, right? Because that's the way that most people make money is they trade their time for money. But time is the most valuable resource to me, not money, because if you have, you know, you can have, as long as you have time, you can make more money, right? But if you don't have any more time, there's no more money to be made, you know? So that's what I, you know, share with a lot of my clients that are like really stressing over money. I'm like, listen, you know, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, like as Ram Dass yeah. said, no matter how enlightened you get, you still have to pay your bills or still have to take your trash out, whatever he said. But, um, you know, so I get it. But at the same time, you know, I invite people to, you know, to rehash how they look at money. And uh, so I love that you do that too, man. You know, <laughs> and cook better vegetables. Yes, dude. Right? There's good ways to cook vegetables. And there's dude. fun ways to make money. Yes. Like, I mean, I think there's a, I, I totally like, I say that and I also acknowledge the immense challenge that yeah. so many people are facing at this time and yeah. the great deal of like, uh, privilege that I've experienced being able to be in a situation where I was able to learn these skills and be able to, uh, adapt and be in the position I am at this time. I'm very grateful for that. Mm. And there's so much opportunity if, you know, you want to, you want to come on and dive in these waters with me. people. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I can't state that enough. Again, negation acknowledged, like for anyone listening, who's like, oh man, like I want that. Like you can have that, 
You know, like reach out to Kyle. He can help you. He's a world-class coach. He's a world-class storyteller. He will allow you to rehash your stories in ways that are dream affirmative, right? And allow you to reflect your language from conflict language, like can't, wouldn't, they make me feel this way. Maybe I think I should probably do this at some point to architect language, you know, um, which is, you know, uh, really just owning your shit, you know, and, and understanding that you are accountable for how you feel, for, you know, how you, how you go through life. And because of that, everything is possible, you know? So that's just a little bit I wanted to throw in there for anyone listening who was feeling that way. Cause I agree, you know, I'm, I feel very lucky and very privileged that I was able to, you know, tune into my heart and get into the right places at the right time. And, um, you know, um, that's again, like why I got into coaching was to be able to give other people that experience, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, as long as my bills are paid, um, you know, I'm happy, you know, I mean, everything else is extra, you know, and I have some big plans, as I'm sure you do, too, for helping the world be a better place and leaving the Garden of Earth a greener place. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, happiness does not come from material objects, it doesn't come from money. Um, you know, my dad always used to say money can't buy happiness, but it'll rent the shit out of it, you know, and I, d- I don't exactly believe that these days, you know, um, I feel like, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's definitely no way I'd want to live. But, um, but I get it, you know, money is part of it, you know, and so yeah, if you want your money figured out, talk to Kyle, he'll help you out, man, you know, and, you know, on the subject of language, and um, people using it in different ways, I'm curious in your coaching experience, and also in your, you know, story work experience, and your, you know, experiences with traveling, um, what have been some of the most common ways in which you've seen people disempower themselves with regards to language? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll share some that I find in the highest echelons of like speakers and entrepreneurs, um, in, in terms of how they communicate with their audiences first. And and we'll, we'll explore a couple of different lenses, but this one's really, really fun. Mm. Um, a lot of people, once you get to a certain level of success in your business, um, you you feel you you've got it you've developed a good sense of confidence to get here to you know have a six figure multi six figure seven figure you know kind of thing going on and a lot of them uh have done presentations before but a lot of them are usually like sometimes people will just uh get like invited to an event really fast and then they'll make something over you know overnight and then they'll they'll do it and they'll they'll get like such good results you know for their clients and have really good case studies that they'll they'll do okay with it mm. um and they'll just teach you know and just kind of spew out not, or they'll they'll just teach 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 they'll they'll show up and they'll be like okay everybody listen up i've got 78 things to teach and i talk very fast and these are all amazing things so you better be ready and pucker your buttholes because yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a wild webinar you know yeah um <clears throat> and uh it's it's a big disservice to people because it's not it's like you've you've lost sight of the true value in what you do and mm-hmm. so you can't tell what's valuable anymore and so all six of the you know big ideas that you want to teach uh, feel the need to be present instead of just that one idea that moves me from, well, I don't know if it could work out to, well, I think it could work out, you know, mm-hmm. soft talk acknowledged, like <laughs> getting people from, from 
feeling like I'm ready to invest in this. Mm. And so if we just fire hose them with all of our best knowledge, that's a blind spot. That is, uh, that's a disservice. You are not being empathetic to your audience. So you need to think about what is the key belief that they have right now? What, what do they believe that's not possible? I'll give you an example. I've worked with one of the leading naturopathic doctors for neurodegenerative disease in the United States. I help him write an offer for a Parkinson's uh, program at, during a Parkinson's uh, online summit. Mm. And we had to create a story for him. Um, you know, people with Parkinson's disease uh, they go to their doctor, their normal kind of uh, uh, neurologist, and most of the time they say, well, uh, you're getting worse. Take a little bit more medication and come back to me in uh, six months so I can tell you you're getting worse. <laughs> Thanks, doc. <laughs> Sounds good. Roger um, that. <clears throat> right? But that's just the only reality these people have had and the, the you know, the top tier, the top tiers of medicine have told them this. And that's like, those are some harsh, harsh language, you mm -hmm. know, harsh stories to deal with. And if you're showing up on a free online summit with that idea, then we're going to need one hell of a story to turn that around. And so I work with Dr. Greg. And he tells me this story, and, and we'll just say it's Bill. And I'll just, I'll just be Dr. Greg for a sec. He mm -hmm. said something. One of my clients, uh, Bill, came into my clinic after being tired, after being tired of being told that he was just getting worse after every doctor visit for his Parkinson's. Well, I took him into my office, and we did a couple of tests. And in not too long, we found out that it was heavy metal toxicity, not Parkinson's that was at the root of a lot of his problems, which means he had been treating the wrong problem, which means he had way more options than he thought than he had ever considered before. And so he started working on a lot of these new options and left with so much more confidence and, and clarity than he had before. So that was just one little snippet of his presentation. And here's the magic that's happened here. First of all, um, I, I have like, it's kind of a projection, you know, but I have uh, to, to you, I've taught you that, hey, if you feel like you've tried everything and people are just telling you that you're just getting worse, you may still have options. You may have more options than you think. Mm. And so I targeted a belief, you know, in a way and told them a story to to open themselves up to that in the case that if if I could if I if that was their biggest objection then they might be then they would say hey I'm going to give Dr. Greg a call and see what's possible for me yeah man that's that resonates with me very highly too because um having worked in the cannabis industry for the past you know four years and change um and just leaving this past year when COVID happened um you know, I'd see lots of patients that would come in who would have that story, you know, like, well, I've tried everything, you know, and there's nothing else I can do. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's scary how many doctors, which again, like you think about going to school to be a doctor. I mean, it's what, eight to 12 years of schooling. I mean, it's a long time. 
and they come out with not so good bedside manner in many cases. Um, you know, I know my mom got diagnosed with cancer. Um, she had been having breast pain. And so she went in and got an x-ray and she, you know, was waiting in the waiting room. Uh, this is like a, you know, a week later or whatever, when the x-ray came back. And so she's in the waiting room, they call her in and they have her scan up on the like light board, you know, that it shows through with the x-ray, but there's no one in there right? Like she, a doctor will be in in a second, you know? And so she's staring at it and she sees this, like, it looks like what she described as like a jellyfish with tentacles, like inside of like her breast. And she's like panicking, right? Um, she's like, what the hell is that? And so the doctor comes in and she goes, uh, is that my x-ray? And the doctor literally goes, well, of course it is. You know, you have cancer, right? And she's like, uh, no, I didn't, but now I do. Thanks. You know? And wow. Yeah. And so that's another like just one example of how like, you know, language can really affect versus like, you know, if that doctor come in and said, yeah, that is your x-ray. What do you what do you see there? You know, like and she'd say, well, I see that jellyfish. Well, you know, <laughs> jellyfish. But, you know, I see that mm-hmm. I see that mass there. And the doctor would say, you know what? Like, yeah, it is a mass. And you know what? It is cancerous. However, there are lots of options and then remind her of like how far research has come, you know, and like, Hey, we caught this really early. You're really lucky, you know, and make her realize like, Hey, you know what? Like your intuition, even if she didn't say it this way, like your intuition guided you here and we're going to be able to help you, you know, and you have a really good chance of living a completely normal life after this, you know? And, um, yeah, so I, I've seen that as well. Um, specifically with medical care. And I thought it was uh, very interesting. You brought that, um, example up because I'm sure, Again, many of the listeners listening to this have either had their own health issues or have loved ones with health issues. And um, that's a whole field in and of itself, man. Like, you know, talking with, uh, it's actually a good idea. Maybe we should do this, Kyle. We should go to different health professionals and teach them how to uh, talk better and how to use language in ways that are, uh, you know, architect uh, in, in uh, you know, in form instead I of do. conflict. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> Let's me. do it. That's my job. <laughs> yeah. It's happening. Wow, man. That's Dude, I want to extend a sincere gratitude uh, to you for taking that on because it's not easy. Um, negation acknowledged, and uh, it's hard, you know. And but it's extremely necessary work because if you look at the state of this country alone, um, there is just so many people that are chronically in pain, chronically ill, and that's a whole rabbit hole we could go down. But you know, for sake of time, like it's just it's so awesome to hear someone doing that. Um, yeah, man, there needs to be more people doing that for sure, you know, and um, to switch gears a little bit here, um, you know, a subject we've talked about a little bit already today, but that I want to dive into because I love this subject as well. And I'm getting more and more in love with it. Uh, every trip I take is the subject of traveling and the adventure that goes along with it. Right. And I know from one traveler to another You've done quite a bit of traveling. We've talked about your Brazil trip, Peru. Um, we've talked about these different adventures. So, you know, what catalyst did that spark for you? Um, like, I know you were talking about when you went into your, um, you know, your internship, uh, your internship's office, you were excited to go to Brazil. But like, what was that a, was that a feeling you had always had? Not specifically around Brazil, but just, you know, like the, the want to go travel and explore. And how has the subject of adventure as a whole affected your life today? Yeah, uh, great question. I, I can remember specific moments when I made the decisions for uh, each specific country. I don't know if that necessarily like speaks to 
exactly what uh, I think you're asking. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I just travel. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was attractive. It was attractive to me. Um, uh, it was, well, I think... I think it was always it was it was very helpful for me to discover myself and every trip um like every trip had a certain theme and a transformation that it involved um for me but uh really the each impetus it was like you know kind of base really um I remember being in Chile and this was the first kind of learning abroad experience or like living abroad for several months at a time living down in Valparaiso, Chile. Um, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, I remember a teacher saying, hey, in Argentina, they have just really beautiful women and really delicious meat. And I was like, oh my God, I'm there. I have to find my way to Argentina. And I got locked on in that kind of energy that I had described from you before. And uh, in Argentina, there was some kind of similar moment where there was like in Brazil, there's beautiful women and delicious food. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit, I've got to find my way to Brazil. Um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, but, but yeah, each time there was like, uh, also like, well, while traveling in these countries, I've I've confronted the death of of close friends. I've confronted my own uh, religion and spirituality. Um, I have uh, I've I've uh, had my health like taken away from me and returned to me um, while while traveling and. Uh, Every time I go abroad, it's this place. It's like, um, <clears throat> you know, like humans are, are you know, kind, we're, we're kind of like a liquid sometimes where when you pour us into a cylinder, we take that, we take the shape of the container we're in. So what I mean by that is uh, it's hard to tell the difference between you and the culture you're in. Mm. Um and there's there's a thousand ways that the culture sets up the world that you feel like is the only way to set up things if it's the only culture you know. And so if you take your human and you put him in a different shape container, which is a different country, you know, depending on how they do things, different language, whatever, there's lots of different shapes out there, then you start to see, oh, this is, you know, this is more my culture than than me and i didn't realize there was options here like in thailand they use forks and knives differently and in you know in <clears throat> in uh latin america it's like okay to drink coffee at 11 at night you know? <laughs> um there's like everybody they people have like different ways of doing things and when you experience these different ways, you both large and small, you start to see and you can start to decide like, who is the me that I want to be and construct the real, the, the sovereign you instead of uh, what your culture has shaped you to be. Yeah. And, you know, what I really heard at the end there, too, was like 
the process of traveling has allowed you to devolve into the real Kyle Gray, you know, the Kyle Gray that you get to choose who he is, you know, and I think that's beautiful, man, you know, and um, I had never heard it put that way before, but that's actually exactly what I'm experiencing as I'm traveling too, is every experience I I go through and, and get to share, um, you know, with the people I'm with and whatever, especially like the last one in Colorado, for instance, like I really discovered a whole new level of myself. And I realized that like people were seeing me in the way that I wanted to show up, you know, and in ways that I didn't even know I was showing up like, and, and that's a, and a good thing in this, in this respect, cause it could be bad too. But, um, <clears throat> you know, just hearing people, uh, you know, talk about me and describe me like, you know, especially like to other people and whatnot. Um, it's been such an interesting journey of like, wow, like I get to do this. Like I get to be me. And that's been beautiful. Um, I loved what you said about, uh, drinking coffee at 11 at night. You know, I, I love coffee. Um, I only drink it a couple times a week because I love it. Um, my girlfriend got me into espresso. I hadn't drank coffee in like, God, I'd probably say seven years. And then when I started dating Rachel, um, she got me into espresso. God damn her. And I bought her an espresso machine. And now uh, we go espresso now crazy. You're, now you're weekends. done. Yeah, now I'm done, dude. <laughs> and, uh, dude, it's surprisingly hard to find a good espresso um, in a lot of parts of the world. Uh, well, country, rather. Um, like, I've been all over this country. And the only places I've seen, like, really high-quality espresso is in Massachusetts and Maine and... Uh, where else? Where else? I think that's about it, honestly. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's, and the reason I'm saying this is because please, listeners, if you're in some other state and you're like, hey, we have good espresso, tell me where it is. All right. Please. I'm sick of trial and error, you know, uh, mostly error. But um, yeah, I digress. Anyway, um, you know, it's funny that uh, through those processes of traveling, right? And you were mentioning your health, right? And, um, you know, all these different things that have come up for you, right? And, I like to call them challenges, not obstacles, right? Because to me, challenges has a more like fun term. I think of more like a, in your case, like rock climbing, like a challenging face of rock, or in my case, like a challenging exercise routine or a challenging mountain bike, uh, you know, path or something. And it, it brings more fun to the table. So I'm curious, what have been some of your biggest challenges along your path? And how did you find the strength to move through them? No, that's a good question. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've faced, uh, a lot of great challenges. Um, one of the ones that I think unites me with a lot of the work I do that is, that's like improved me ultimately was, uh, I was, uh, I have an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's disease, which is, uh, came from poor gut health for a while. And, uh, um, a couple of other things that just kind of added up over time to something that uh, really took a toll on my, I was uh, for a long time in my early twenties, I was a big rock climber, loved hiking. I was planning on, I really wanted to hike uh, um, Aconcagua, one of the biggest, like the tallest mountain in South America mm. um, and do some crazy stuff. And, uh, as I started to get into my middle twenties, uh, I started to have these really weird knee problems and elbow and jaw and everything just started to ache and I didn't have energy anymore. And, uh, even while I was doing a lot of this business stuff, I was feeling 
a tremendous amount of anxiety and um like no matter how many tony robbins books i read i couldn't like get my mind in the right place and i just thought it was because i was a bad entrepreneur and i didn't deserve what i wanted and uh um <clears throat> it took it took a couple of years to figure out what exactly was going on with me and i had gotten little pieces of it along the way um and i'm very fortunate to uh uh, there was this, I was at a, uh, a workshop, um, that I was helping facilitate teaching people how to, uh, position yourself to get on stages and speak at events and position yourself like a great expert that people would want to have on their stage. And it was filled with health and wellness experts. And I sat next to this woman and she said, hi, my name's Dr. Grace Liu and I've helped, uh, I've helped, I help people overcome chronic autoimmune conditions through gut health. And, uh, I knew enough about that at the time. And I was like, Oh, so your, your customers must feel like this and they want this and they try and do this, but that happens basically describing the last few years of my life. Mm. And, uh, we, she was like, you need to come with work with me. And we started working together. I helped her with her presentations. I helped her go through, write a book. I helped her um, create persuasive copywriting for her programs, speaking from my uh, understanding my own experience and how it felt. And uh, it boosted her sales. And she worked me through uh, uh, different probiotics and health protocols and sent me tons of labs and supplements. And really, um, you know, this has been, that was like the beginning of a really cool relationship with this industry where. Um, it's rewarded me really well. I've worked with really brilliant people that, uh, um, I've been able to add a lot of value to, and I've been able to, uh, I've been the beneficiary of probably around like $30,000 in functional medicine or stem cells or peptide treatments and these kind of things, uh, in, in, in an effort to help my own stuff. And it was because of these storytelling skills really that i was able to create value for these people and exchange that value for something uh really important to me and nowadays i'm i'm as strong as i've ever been um i'm not a uh, i'm not a fitness coach but i i felt like uh you know i felt very strong and i felt uh equal you know among a group of men who were primarily fitness coaches or you know have that as a large portion of their their profession and that was something i was proud of and it's like it's not something i've always had but uh but it took it took me getting sick to uh understand the value of my health and really be able to take it uh seriously and, uh, and before i just kind of like was like well i have great genes i'll be fine you know <laughs> Yeah. And now I like see see it as the the true gift that it is, and I'm grateful to see it at this age and be able to invest in it and enhance it instead of where I see many people um yeah just kind of corrode it mm. over time, yeah, I love that you brought up stem cells and peptides. I was just talking to uh Brian Muka earlier today. We were doing a financial analysis, and uh, he brought up. Uh, he was like, "Yeah, I'm bringing my mom to Panama next year. I'm doing doing uh, stem cells." And I was like, "Dude, 
that's like my main goal is before I'm 30, 29 now, is getting my stem cells taken out um, and being able to every five years go get them injected in my whole entire body, like a Ben Greenfield thing. And um, mm-hmm. it's funny because like, you know, now I'm around people that are like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And like, you know, I remember even five years ago, I'd be telling people that like a dispensary and they'd be like, that's your goal. And I'm like, yeah, man, because health is wealth. Like that old saying that, you know, you're numb to, it really matters. Like what you put in your body really matters, you know? And, and, uh, you know, if you have your health, you have anything, right? And, uh, there's an old saying and I'm probably going to butcher it. Um, people are used to me butchering things now on the show, but it's something about like, you know, if you ask, uh, you know, a lot of millionaires or even billionaires, like, uh, what they want most if they don't have health it's always health they would trade all their money in a second for the if they could get their health back you know and uh like i was saying earlier you know time is the most valuable resource and time equal or health equals time you know uh because the healthier you are uh you know god willing the more time you have you know and so i'm curious what you know what are some of your favorite methodologies and to maintain your health as a whole these days you know now that you're back to homeostasis right and you're able to be strong again what are some of the things you do to keep yourself balanced one of my favorite things i do um is uh wim hof breath work mm. i do it uh, almost every morning um <clears throat> I, w- I would still consider myself fairly a novice in it I have like the the basic course and he has an app with about 10 different guided breathing sessions with different goals or themes um that I select from I usually just have them guided so I would I I have a little bit of envy and I don't think it would be it wouldn't be difficult at all for me to create more of a my own like self-guided routines um but it's just a great way to um <clears throat> you know, without sparing, sparing anybody, like what actually is done in this breathing, how it makes me feel is it can take me from feeling jet lagged and exhausted on an afternoon to, um, to able to put in another hour or two and just kind of push through it. It can take me from being very sad or afraid to feeling hopeful. And it can take me from, feeling dull to energetic like um there are there are ways where like um it can it can have this effect on me where i just like totally lose awareness of of where i am for a minute and i just get to like restart um it just has these really deep uh deep things and i'm learning more on how to like integrate that with mindset work and focus on you know, positive thoughts and positive ideas while doing it. Um, so I'd say that's a really, um, that's a really big one for me. Um, uh, let's see what other things I I guess right now I'm, I'm working with, uh, I'm getting a, uh, a peptide treatment that has been helping restore my gut lining, um, and acupuncture. Mm. which are, are simple things. I, I'm trying to get to the rock climbing gym a lot, which is one of my favorite ways to, uh, to exercise um, out there. I, I love doing it outside. I haven't had quite as many uh, climbing buddies this year. It, it hasn't been quite as much of a thing. Mm. But inside right now, the gyms are, are very well ventilated and very limited in people. So, um, and not many people are interested in going. So it's like this amazing 
silver lining of like having these very uncrowded like the rock climbing gym is the best place to hang out in salt lake right now there's places you can sit and you know there's food you can hang out in a place it's amazing so uh so there's like a weird little silver lining in the in the climbing gym for me Mm. yeah i feel like there's a a lot of silver linings right now you know i know um like oh yeah (laughs) you know like uh, a couple of the favorite parks i go to um when covid first happened you know um probably a couple months after because it was cold here when it first happened but about april um usually when i go there you know i ride my bike down there and um i like to fly through there as fast as i can there's a lot of people usually so i have to slow down excuse me sorry can i go by and uh, when I first, you know, started going there this year, man, it was awesome. There was no one there. It was great. I was getting to fly down there and, you know, leave leave trails of dust and everything. And, uh, yeah, I loved that, man. And, um, you know, I totally agree with you. You know, peptides, I haven't used them myself, but I've heard nothing but good things about them. Um, you know, and uh, they seem like a really great option um, for so many different ailments. Um, acupuncture, it's funny, I actually have an appointment tomorrow. Uh, I go usually once every two or three weeks. It's amazing. Um, I have no idea how it works, but I don't need to. It just it works. Um, but yeah, like self care is is so important, you know. And um, you know that's no new theme on this show. I talk about it all the time. But I'm doubling, tripling, and quadrupling down on it, you know, because it's it really is like you know during this whole COVID thing, like I wasn't nervous, you know, like because I understood like for me anyway, you know. And it was because I knew, like, I'm healthy, you know, like, uh, my body can fight things, you know, um, and that's because I've really put in the work, you know, and it was kind of like a cool win to celebrate um, because a lot of my friends that I've been telling about health stuff for a long time were panicking, you know, they're, you know, again, and, and I don't judge anyone on their health habits. Um, I discern for myself, you know, so I just go, that's awesome. If you want to smoke cigarettes and do your thing, cool, awesome, like, it seems like you get enjoyment out of it. Great. I was there at one point too. Um, so no judgment, but I just know that like, again, uh, health is that thing that I've always known. You're going to have to do it at one point of your life or the other. So you can either do it when you're young and essentially put money in your savings bank of health, or you can do it when you're older and you have some ailment hit you out of the blue. Like when you're 50, 60, um, that's what I've noticed with my parents and with other people's parents. It's like, you know, you can live a pretty sedentary lifestyle and, you know, eat not the best food and smoke and, you know, even drink to a certain level. But around 50, that's your make or break age. You know, if you haven't um, taken care of yourself, it's really going to start showing there. And um, that's something that, you know, I'm just glad because I know I'm like, all right, cool. Like, God willing, as long as nothing crazy happens to me um, health wise, you know, I know I'll be good. And um, yes, yeah, so that's really cool, man. Um, you know, and I'm curious uh, on the subject of health. Um, you know, how have you managed, uh, and I know we just went over some ways, but how have you managed to, uh, stay not burned out, uh, to stay alive and thriving in your business? Um, because I know being an entrepreneur, it's, it can be taxing, you know, especially when you're pulling those late days, you know, when you're starting out and everything. So how have you, you know, how has your mindset uh, been shaped to allow yourself to stay, you know, alive and happy and, uh, thriving? Well, Thank you for uh, yeah that reflection and yeah. uh, there. This is a place that I invest a lot in, and this is a place that I can still uh, grow a great deal in. Um, is is uh, investing in my in my mindset. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, doing that in a way to um, <clears throat> there's been a couple of big ways that I've I've done that recently. Let's see what what some of my favorite things are. I think having a uh, I, I use a tool called the Focus Planner that uh, allows you to just kind of plan out your week and plan out your key things that you want to do each week and have a couple or like just have little like checklists and keep things organized. And I feel being able to like know what's important to do and uh, being able to check it off throughout the day is something really simple that, that helps me feel really good. Um, <clears throat> I've had to really, uh, try to, yeah, take my, my feet off the, the brakes for a long time. I've had a, a big fear of I'm just about to fail or um, I've had a fear of like really uh, going for it all of the way in my business. Um, there's a fear of like... Uh, if I try something a hundred percent and fail them, then it's going to like prove I'm a failure. Mm. Whereas if I only do something 70% and fail, then I don't, it's like, well, you know, that wasn't, I wasn't everything. So mm. it's okay. You know, mm -hmm. which isn't, uh, helpful at all. Um, and working on those kind of things. So for a long time, I, I would, I, I was like playing not to lose and actually starting to focus on like, what do I want and what do I want to create? And, you know, uh, building, tapping into that, uh, that same, I, I'll, I'll speak Portuguese by the time I get there kind of energy. Mm. And, uh, another thing that I've done is, uh, I've just invested in a, uh, a business coach that, is you know has the business and charges what she charges um and kind of like has has the the situation that i i feel and i want that i'm going for and it was a it's an investment on a degree of magnitude like larger than i've invested in in anything before mm. and uh it's like stretching me in a big way but, you know, how could I ask for something like that uh, if I haven't invested in something like that? Yeah. And so it's, it's a way to level myself up and value myself on a, on a new level. And I'm only a few months in. Um, I've, got, I've got, you know, some big goals and some big visions, and I'm excited for it. And what, what I really want to do is is create a business that allows me to really uh, um, enjoy my lifestyle more. I think I've been uh, working really hard a lot to like try and avoid failure, and I think I can I can get to this point where um, I'm valued enough, and I can like lock get a get a couple of systems in place to uh, make sure that things are consistent in a few areas and then really start to hone my schedule and value my more time off and more time to 
be in the gym or learn new things and kind of be in a creative, playful state more because that is what uh, brings forth the very best things in me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, the analogy I just got was like in the vegetable scenario, right? You found a way to sneak, like you're finding ways to, uh, like, say in the sense that you didn't want to eat your vegetables, you're finding a way to feed them to the dog without your parents seeing, you know, so like your, your vegetables are always eaten first before, um, before your friends and you're just in a constant state of play. And I love that. <laughs> I'm working on that analogy. <laughs> it's going to be a story. I would, I would say <laughs> I, I just, my vegetables were delicious and I ate them fast. And ah, to play. Yeah. Because you chose the right vegetables. I like that even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And you know, I feel that, um, you know, especially in the, in the entrepreneurial world, um, self-sabotage, you know, like you were talking about like, ah, you know, I'm only going to put like 60, 70% effort in. And then when I, if I fail, you know, or when I fail, um, like, ah, well, you know, I didn't put a hundred percent in it, you know, and, and it is like self-sabotaging in a way. And, um, I also thought of like the idea of moving away from things versus moving towards things, you know, one's coming from like a survivalist point of view, like moving away from things. And one's coming from a thriving point of view, like moving towards what you want, right? Like moving towards learning Portuguese, moving towards going to Brazil. Um, and I feel like a lot of people, myself included, for many years, were stuck in the first way, you know, for the surviving thing. Like, well, I don't want this. I don't want to be like my parents. I don't want to end up in debt. I don't want to do this. So, you know, I'm just moving away from all those things. But I didn't know where I was going versus like, you know what? I'm going to go do this and I'm going to do this. And this is how I'm going to reverse engineer it. And um, that mindset shift has been so impactful in my life. And what has come out of that is the affirmation that I can bet on me. And I do bet on me and I will bet on me and I am my bet. I am my best bet. I am my, I am my biggest asset and strength, you know, and that represents the evolution of, um, someone who went from being anxiety ridden and someone who thought that his gifts weren't cool enough to share with the world and that his gifts sucked basically, um, to someone who now is sitting and stepping into his power, um, as a creator, you know, and, and that's, you know, where I'm at. And it seems like that's exactly where you're at. And that was what was so great about Colorado is we were around 21 other guys that had that, you know, we're just like, yes, I see my gifts and I recognize them and I'm humbled and I'm ready to go out and serve the world, you know, and I'm also setting up boundaries so I don't burn out. Like I'm making sure that I'm being good to me and I'm loving me first. Um, like the analogy they use a lot, like where does the heart bl- uh, pump blood first to itself? It takes a little bit off the top and make sure that it is taken care of before other people. And, um, yeah, that's so important, especially with what we do as coaching. Cause you know, I mean, we take on some heavy shit, you know, and if we're not making sure that, um, our cup is overflowing before we give our energy away, then it's a fast recipe for disaster and burnout. And, so I'm curious, you know, what's your main goal for the next 12 months um, with your business coach? You know, I, I just hired one myself. So that's another similarity we have. And um, I agree with the investment thing. But, you know, you just got to have faith in, your, in yourself. And, and I have faith in myself. And I know you have faith in yourself. So I'm curious, what's your main goal for the next 12 months of Kyle's life? I have an idea of combining a lot of the work in, in Lifted that we've been doing with a lot of the work and speeches um, that I've been, been doing and working with some very, very high level, well-established, uh, entrepreneurs for this. I, I call, there's, there's an idea that I recently recorded a podcast about called the million dollar lie. 
Mm. And it's this lie that you tell yourself that's holding you back. That's a roadblock in your life that you're ashamed of. That, uh, yeah, is is causing you harm. And and uh, a lot of the work we do in Enlifted allows us to find that and examine that and you know give it love and and heal that and that's great Mm. um what's exciting for me is i can do that and um the same story that now that we've healed it can become a useful tool and this story this thing that we once hid and were shameful of um can actually become the thing that when we share it allows people to connect with us and trust us on a on a on a deep level it's one in it's one key and rare ingredient in a mix you know of of things that we need to really be successful but uh to be able to to draw that from somebody and then turn it into something that you can use in a presentation that allows you to sell um you know, a product that's going to have a big impact on people's lives. That's going to, uh, allow you, you know, to be very successful in your business, um, to grow their impact and to allow them to really ascend to the next levels. So it takes it from a million dollar lie to a million dollar story. Mm -hmm. And, um, I am working on, uh, creating, what that experience would look like for somebody and elevating my uh, clientele to the level of person that's, that's, you know, just right for it. I've got a few people in my sites that I'm excited to share it with. And uh, yeah, so I'm just, I'm, I'm preparing myself for that role. And I think I'm there in these next 12 months. That's awesome, man. Kyle, you know, it's, I have to say I've had such a blast, you know, getting to have you on the show. Um, I'm super grateful for you sharing your time with us today. And, you know, it was great that we got to spend time in Colorado before doing this, um, because it really gave me a lot more context. I mean, you and I got to spend quite a, quite a bit of time just hanging out and talking one-on-one and, um, Man, you're such an inspiration to me. And, you know, from the first moment I saw you in, in Lifted um, and just saw like your flair, you know, of like having the guitar and like the microphone and like, you know, I just knew I'm like, dude, this is my guy, you know. And and I say that, you know, honestly, everyone in Lifted, I just I vibe so well with. But, you know, you have you have a very similar like voice to that I do. Like we have that deep bass voice. So when I heard you on the microphone, I was like, "Ooh, that's smooth, dude!" And uh, you know, my <laughs> my sound guy has some great mics here too. And um, it was immediately one of the things that made me realize, like, "Oh, okay, like the quality matters." And I think that was actually part of your um, uh, your video was Mark was saying like, "Yeah, like man, you have a really cool mic," and you were like, "Hey, man, it's all quality," you know, like got to be quality you know like it's uh you know for the for the show you know and uh i love that man so you know where can i say it's always yeah it's always nice oh sorry oh no you're fine no no like you know i uh 
Yeah, I just love that, man. Like, I, I really value people that take pride in what they do. And seeing, like, how much pride you take in what you do and how serious you are about leaving your mark on the world and how impactful your mark has already been and just getting to hear your main goal and just being like, damn, dude, I'm so grateful to know you and to be able to hold, you know, share space with you. Um, yeah, man, sincere gratitude over your way. And, um, you know, I'm curious, um, where can people go to connect with you and learn more about you? Where can I send people? Um, if you'd like to connect with me on social media, uh, it is at Hey Kyle Gray on Instagram. If you'd like to, I'd, I'd highly recommend going to my website, thestoryengine.co. There you can see my podcast. You can learn more about my books. I've got some great articles on there as well. Um, awesome infographics on storytelling, on business, um, on marketing strategy. Lots of fun there. Um, and uh, yeah, um, those are those are some of the main ways, the main resources. Uh, I'd love to hear from you if, uh, if anything in this conversation stood out to you too. So thanks again, Ryan, for creating this awesome space, allowing this unique conversation and uh, for sharing your story with with the audience because I think your growth uh, is, is serving as an inspiration for a lot of people out there too. And that's really powerful. Thank you, brother. You know, that really means the world coming from you. And, you know, also for everyone listening, like I said, Kyle's an Amazon bestseller. Go check out his books, you know, and uh, you have two books, The College Entrepreneur and uh, is it The Story Engine? I have three. So there's oh, The College damn. Entrepreneur, The Story Engine and Selling with Story. Awesome, man. Yeah. And, um, guys from the little bit I've read so far, um, it's incredible. I've read part of the story engine and it's, it's badass, man. It's a world-class book. Um, so definitely go out and get that. And for my final question, if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Kyle Gray suggest that change be? Never break two laws at the same time. Dude, I love that. You know, uh, I have a very similar belief that I say, which is don't stack risks. Um, and I love <laughs> that's awesome, man. Uh, yes, yes to that. Yes. Um, man, that was so awesome. Guys, I am so fortunate to be able to interview people like Kyle that truly walk the walk with regards to creating the lives they know they deserve. However, Kyle's journey really stuck out to me when I first met him and heard it because I was so able to relate to so many of his challenges and hurdles. And my hope is that each one of you listening really understands after listening to his story just how powerful you are when you truly believe in yourself the way Kyle has believed in himself. Kyle, I want to extend a big thank you from the bottom of my heart for hopping on the show and creating the time to share your journey and story with the listeners. And until next time, my friend, journey well, be well. Much love to you. Namaste.
What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.